Good day, listeners and guests, and welcome to FNA Talks, a technology update with FNAs and friends. My name is Will Towning, and it is my pleasure to be your host during today's episode. At FNA Talks, we are drawing on the experience of key fintech, regtech, and souptech authorities to discuss trends and developments which are defining the technology and innovation landscapes. Today, I am joined by David Boulder from the Nordic Investment Bank. David is a co-author of a recently published and important book titled Data Science in Economics and Finance for Decision Makers, which will be our focus for today's episode. Welcome, David, and thank you for joining us at FNA Talks. Thank you. To kick things off, please could you briefly introduce yourself and Tell us a little bit more about, about your background. Well, my, my name is David Boulder. Uh, I'm a quantitative analyst. That's how I would identify myself. My educational background is a mix of stuff. Uh, I've studied mathematics, finance, management science, or I guess operational research, and business at the graduate level. Uh, and I've worked in a, quite a range of quantitative roles over the last 25 years or so in, in, a, in a bunch of different places. Uh, the first decade or so of my career, I was a researcher at the Canadian Central Bank. That's where I started out. I spent eight years at the Bank for International Settlements in Switzerland, five years at the World Bank in D.C. Uh, and currently, I'm, I'm Director of Model Development Economic Capital at the Nordic Investment Bank. Uh, I've got a few dozen publications, written a couple of books on, on uh, various topics, got another book just by way of self-advertisement coming out next year on economic capital. Uh, and I guess what I summarize by saying is I'm not a, I'm not a data scientist, but I've I've used a lot of these techniques in practical ways, uh, along with a lot of other different technical techniques, uh, working on quantitative problems over the years. Okay, thank you, David. And turning to your contribution to the book, please could you share with us what your chapter covers and why this is important for decision makers? Well, a few years ago, uh, Pear, who's the editor of the book, uh, asked me to speak at a risk conference. And, and the idea was to, to, to basically run some kind of presentation about machine learning. And at that time, I was, I was living in, the, in America, in the United States, and machine learning really, really captured the popular imagination. It was all over the media. I mean, it felt like you couldn't, you couldn't open a newspaper or a magazine without stumbling across something about machine learning. And as I've said, although I'm not a data scientist, I've used these techniques fairly extensively over the years. And I, I have to be honest, I was a bit dismayed, dismayed and, and, and often a little bit disappointed about how these ideas were being represented and discussed. And so I thought, given the general confusion, I had this idea, maybe what I should do is, is sort of take it back to something that people understand a bit better, classical statistics. And admittedly, not everyone is entirely comfortable with statistics either, but most business, economics, finance students have taken a at least one or two courses in statistics over the years. And some of them, some of them have worked very hard to forget everything they learned from statistics courses, but it's still back there in the back of their mind. And the other thing I think is important is that people understand statistics a bit better and, and people don't wax poetic about it, so particularly not in the media, rather the contrary. So the main idea of the, of the chapter is really trying to compare more or less from conceptual first principles to the fields of data science and, and classical statistics. And, and you might ask, well, well, why is that important? Well, it turns out that these two fields have common origins, uh, and they're really attempting to solve the same underlying problem. They just do it with different strategies. Machine learning is a, is a really powerful and useful collection of methods, but it's still a modeling technique, and it's not a panacea to all of our problems, which is the way it's sometimes portrayed in the media. 
And to me, demystifying it somewhat, helping us understand its structure, its strengths, its weaknesses, is kind of the first step in, in being able to effectively use these, these really very useful tools. So that's, I would say that that's kind of the, the main point of the, of the chapter. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And I guess sort of building, building on this, what would you argue are the, the, the two main insights for demystifying data science? Well, let me start out, you know, an important part of the paper is, is borrowing from some work by a guy named Leo Breiman, who was a, is a trained statistician and was an innovator in the field of machine learning. And about 20 years ago, he wrote a really, a really nice paper. Uh, and it, what he did was he introduced this idea of the two cultures of statistics and, and data science. And, and I think it really helps us get to the point uh, in, in terms of demystifying data science. The idea is the common problem that the statistics and, and data science faces is common problem is you've got some quantity, let's call it Y. It could be it could be an oil price, it could be it could be a, an exchange rate, it could be anything. Uh, and one is seeking to describe that quantity Y through some set of explanatory variables. Let's call them X, just for just for lack of originality. And this could be a whole bunch of different things, right? It could be it could be supply factors, financial factors, economic variables, different things that it could be. Uh, but this is basically the problem is that we want to explain why given X. And this is the common problem that both, both are facing. And in between Y and X is the real world, which we don't know or will never know or even completely understand. And the, the, the basic idea is that statisticians, they essentially try to replace the real world with a mathematical model. And of course, this, this is an artificial simplification, but it has some benefits, uh, not least of which is the capacity to perform statistical inference. The data scientists, however, take a very different strategy. They basically take, they, they, they don't have a model in between the two. They basically take a detour around it and they basically use it, an algorithm to do this. And the way they determine what the best algorithm is, is the one that does the best job of predicting Y given X. That's the idea. Now, both ideas are really smart, very clever ideas, and, but they have very different fundamental implications. So the statistical model basically goes, foregoes some notion of predictive accuracy and flexibility for the ability to make statements about model and parameter uncertainty. And that's, that's the whole idea of statistical inference. Data scientists are much more flexible and they're much stronger at prediction, but often they lose something in terms of interpretability. And this requires a bit of caution to avoid over or, or tripping over the incremental flexibility that comes with the models. The important point though, and I think this is kind of the, the, the central idea, is it's not a, really a binary thing. We can think of statistical and data science models as lying on something of a spectrum and that they complement one another. So I think that would be, I think, really the, the, the sort of two points that I think are important to demystify. Thank you, David. Elaborating on sort of what, what we've just touched on, what advice or, or recommendations would you offer to decision makers for starting data science? Well, the first thing I would say would be to don't delay. The field of data science is, is pretty big and it's getting bigger all the time. Uh, and it's not really a particularly trivial thing for a decision maker to get a handle on all the ideas. You've got a whole collections of algorithms, you know, and they've got crazy names, penalized regressions, tree-based methods, support vector machines, neural networks, et cetera. There's a, there's a lot of complexity there. There's different types of learning. There's different ensemble techniques, boosting, bagging, stacking. There's a lot of things to get your head around. Uh, you can go out as a decision maker and hire very qualified data scientists, but you are the bottleneck as the person taking the decision. And you need to gain some familiarity and comfort with these techniques because otherwise, then essentially the, the, the whole technique becomes a black box for you. And the idea of a black box, something you don't really fully understand, but it's actually giving you insights into a problem is in my view, a recipe for, for making suboptimal decisions, even, even, even getting things quite wrong. 
So it's better to start now and gain conceptual experience. And the second piece of advice that I would give would be to embrace the idea that statistical learning techniques or, or machine learning techniques aren't automatically the best solution to a problem. And this is partly technical, but primarily conceptual. The question is, what kind of decision are you taking? Now, some, some decisions, you need to form a high quality prediction, and that's what's really important to you. And that might push you towards a machine learning technique. But you might also be interested in understanding the, the nature of various parameters, understanding different type parts of, of, of various relationships, how strong those relationships are. And in that case, you might be more likely to use a statistical technique. The important point I think here is that you need to invest time to understand what your problem is and what the most important technique is. If you think about this in the context of a workman comes to your house and something is broken, they don't reach into their toolbox and pull out uh, a tool before they even understand what the problem is they have to face. That's, that's not gonna work, right? And so in our case, it's exactly the same. You wanna identify the problem, understand the problem, and then open up your toolbox and say, okay, which tool should I pull out to solve the problem? So to summarize, there's kind of these two points. Don't delay, get into it as quickly as possible. There's a lot to learn. And second of all, also understand that just because you're understanding and learning and adding this machine learning techniques to your, to your, to your toolbox, it doesn't necessarily always mean it's the right one. Thank you, David. Some, some really interesting sort of insights and, and things to think about there when, when sort of starting, starting data science. So um, returning back to, back to the book, if you could boil it down, what are the, the core lessons you think decision makers should draw from your chapter? Well, I'd say there's, there's two main points. If we, could, if we could come back to this idea of placing statistical models and data science techniques on a spectrum, uh, I think that would really help, under, help us understand this. So, so some models, let's take generalized linear models of which, of which the very well-known linear regression is, is, is a member. These are decidedly about inference. And, and let's put them on the left-hand side of the spectrum there. So that's, that's a decidedly an inference thing. Other methods, as you've probably heard about neural networks, these are, these are really relatively complicated techniques, not so easy to understand, and they're, and they're very focused on prediction. So let's put them on the right-hand side of our spectrum. And, and so we've got sort of in between these two extremes, we've got the whole field of, of data science and statistics, and we, can, and we can sort of order all of our techniques from, 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 one, from left to right. What's important to understand is that we can't just slice down the middle and say, okay, everything to the left is statistics and everything to the right is data science. There are some black and white, like I said, the, the, the linear regression and the, and the neural network, but there are also a lot of gray. And I don't think that this is a particularly controversial idea for most practitioners, but it's not generally well understood, I think, by people who are not non-experts. Uh, and often you hear statements like, okay, data science is entirely independent of statistics. It's another field. Or you hear, well, data science is nothing but glorified statistics. You hear both, and, and, they're, and of course they're, they're going in different directions and both are basically wrong. The other point I think in my chapter that I think is important, and it's related to this, is this, what's called the variance bias trade-off. Again, this is very well known to practitioners, but maybe not so well appreciated by your typical decision maker. The idea is there's a notion of bias and a notion of variance, and you can't make both of them small and neither one of them are particularly appealing. In the, in the statistics sense, we often accept a certain amount of bias. So if we come back to the linear regression, we use the assumption of linearity and not everything is linear. And we often use linearity even when there are non-linearities that are present. Now, this is not always a great assumption, but it has one very important benefit. It's stable. It means you can reshuffle the data set. You can collect data for another, another data set from your population. You're gonna get very similar results, low variance. So it's, there's some bias, but you get a higher variance. So this is a, 
low variance or high bias, low variance solution. Data scientists go the other way. They have typically have much lower bias. They're very flexible, very nonlinear, very, very nice models capture a lot of complexity. But the flip side is that sometimes they're too flexible. They're so flexible that they can they, they, they can sort of overfit or over over sort of describe a particular pattern. And so when you reshuffle or or collect a new data sample, the results can change in an important way. This is what's called overfitting problem. Data scientists basically follow a low bias but high variance strategy as opposed to statisticians who have a high bias, low variance strategy. And the point is, of course, everyone would like to have low bias, low variance, but that's not necessarily very easy to accomplish. The point, I think, of the chapter and, and these two ideas is to say that you've got all of these pieces that need to be worried about. You need to think about the notion of inference, the notion of prediction, bias, variance, and all of these are elements within inside the statistics and, 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 and the data science world that need to be managed and understood. Thank you very much, David. It's really, really interesting. And before we conclude, I'd like to, to spend a little time thinking about the future. Could you please share with us your vision for data science and how you see it evolving over the, the coming years? Sure. Uh, 25 years ago, at the beginning of my career, I can think I can say quite, quite uh, honestly that data science wasn't really a field yet. Uh, in fact, there were some ideas and some techniques that were often called uh, data mining or data discussion. And I would say that you know, a lot of those ideas were viewed with a certain amount of disdain by the statistical community, uh, even in the practitioner community. And I would, it's quite clear that over the course of the last quarter century that this has really changed. And, but what's interesting and important to understand, I think, is that the two fields still remain surprisingly distinct. Data science is now unequivocally its own field. And, and if you don't believe me, just look at the number of publications, the number of journals in data science, the number of master's degrees that are out there offering, offering uh, you know, an opportunity to, to, to learn about this, uh, this area. So it's, it's its own field. But despite that fact that they have common origins, that they're facing similar problems, statistics, machine learning, and, then, and are, are, have surprisingly little amount of interaction. Why exactly this is, is not 100% clear to me. I think it has to do with something with academic structures. I, I think that there's some, a little bit of, of, of misunderstanding and maybe even, even a light amount of animosity between, between the, two different, the two different fields because of the way they approach the problems. But as a practitioner, I see this very differently. Uh, my job, my day job, is to solve nasty, thorny problems. Uh, and I, what I need to be able to do that uh, are tools. And I can't help but think that when I look at this, I view, I view this as a spectrum. And I view this as, as tools that, in some cases, I could use a data science technique. Sometimes I could use a statistical inference technique. Sometimes I could use both. Uh, and I think there's, I, I would argue that there's a lot of value in integrating these two fields more. And I think both sides can benefit from that interaction and, and, and the understanding between them. So that would be my, my sort of view and vision for, for data science. Maybe a little bit, a little bit selfish, but, but that's certainly my perspective. Brilliant. Thank you, David. It's, it's been a pleasure speaking with you and we're very grateful for the insights and, and lessons you have shared with us today. So I'm now very much looking forward to, to reading your chapter. Well, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. And as always, many thanks to our listeners for your attention. If you have any questions or comments for, for David or myself, please do not hesitate to reach out on social media or write to us at will at fna.fi. 
I'm looking forward to our next FNA Talks episode. And in the meantime, have a great day and goodbye. <laughs>